0: And again, my name is Matt. I'm the lead pastor here along with my wife, Tanya, and with our associate pastors, Pastors Mike and Ev. Uh, We're so grateful for all of you and want to welcome you here this morning, especially if you're a newcomer, if you've never been here before. We want to make sure that you feel welcome and you know that you are so welcome here this morning. And for those who are new here this morning, we're going to dive right into this because I got a lot of content. Don't be afraid. We can do this. We're going to get through this today. But i got some great content to get into, so we're going to dive right into it. And what we're doing is, for those who are new who haven't been with us for a while, is we're going through a sermon series entitled uh, Values. Values. And Tanya and I have had so much fun being able to communicate this with you. Uh, For those of you who are new, we became the lead pastors about five weeks ago. So it's still relatively new. It's going great so far. It's going really good. And uh, I think it's going, yeah, Pastor Mike thinks it's going well, so that's good. And, and we have the joy, we are so excited to kick off uh, our leadership in talking to our church about the values. Because these values that we discuss with you and we communicate to you help to set the culture and the purpose of the church. How many remember what our purpose statement is? Does anybody remember? Bonus points? Besides Pastor Mike. Brenda remembers. What is it, Brenda? The purpose statement. We are here to yes, boom, give her a hand, oops, sorry, get a little excited up here, we are here to care for and bring people to Jesus, and that is our overall purpose, church, that's what we're here for, we don't save people, he does, you say, where's the church going in the next few years, I don't know, but we're going to be following Jesus, and where he goes, there's healing, and there's life, and there's hope, and there's restoration, So we are here to care for and bring people to Jesus. It's that simple. And what I love about that statement is that it's not on you. It's on Him to save. How many know that it's Jesus who saves? It's not our wisdom. It's not how smart we are. It's not how good we are at witnessing to others. But it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen? So that's our purpose statement. Now we talked about some values. We've already gotten through four of them. The first one is the Word of God. We build our lives on His Word. The second one is worship. We are a Holy Spirit-led church who live to see God glorified in all things. Uh, The next one is prayer. We are a house of prayer dependent on Jesus. And then last week, my beautiful wife knocked it out of the park talking about the value of rest. We value rest. And what does that mean? We will operate out of a place of grace. And church, this week, are you ready for the next value? Because we're about to unleash it. Okay, you guys ready? The next value is the value of growth. Growth. And here's our statement. We believe that healthy things grow. We're going to read this. How we're going to do this this morning. We're going to read three scriptures. We're going to kind of Google Earth, zoom out from a a hyper-intensive zoom-in, and that zoom-in is going to be on our personal growth, and it's going to zoom out into corporate growth. That's what this is going to look like this morning. And so we're going to read three scriptures, then we're going to unpack those scriptures, uh, going through that type of a a system, systematic uh, uh, teaching this morning, starting with our personal growth into our corporate growth. And here's the three scriptures. You can just put them up on the screen. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to one of them. In fact, if you're going to turn to any one of them, I would recommend you turn to the last one, which is 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18, I can't wait to get to that. But here's what the scriptures say. Galatians 4.19, My little children, for whom I labor in birth again, until Christ is formed in you. Until Christ is formed in you. 2 Peter 3.18, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. By the way, there's a song about that. Old school it goes like this. My friend, may you grow in grace. You ever heard that one? And in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. Anyways, to God be the glory. It's really good. It's a great song. Okay, next one. Second Corinthians 318. But we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Oh, I can't wait to get to that one, church. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful this morning for your word. God, we thank you that your word is living and active, that it's sharper than a two-edged sword. Father, this morning, I pray that you would help me to get out of the way. God, we know that your word will accomplish what it's set out to do, and it will not return void. And we pray that it would do that in each heart, God, and in each spirit this morning, Lord God. We pray, Lord Jesus, that we would leave changed by your word. God, that we would carry it with us this week in everything that we do, Lord God. We submit ourselves to you, Lord, and we come with great expectations because you are a great God. And everybody said... Amen. All right. So, diving into this idea of growth. When we talk about the idea of growth, it's important that we begin by understanding something together. And what we need to understand is that we are not saved to go to heaven. <gasps> what? That's right. Church, we are not saved. To go to heaven. Now, listen to me. Uh, one of my pastors, Pastor Wendell Smith, used to always say this. He'd say, we're not saved to go to heaven. And he would say, if we are saved to go to heaven, then here's what we would do. We would preach the gospel. We would give an altar call. And people would respond to the altar call. And they would come up. And we would pray a prayer of of salvation with them. We would pray for repentance from sins and from dead works and then a belief towards Jesus Christ. And we would pray the prayer and they would come up and they'd say, oh yes, I'm ready to receive this. And they would receive it. We'd pray over them and we'd look at them and say, do you feel like you've just received Jesus? And they'd say, yes, I've never been the same. This just feels so good. And oh, I just love this. And we'd say, okay, praise Jesus. And then what we would do is we would take them up and we would put them into the baptismal tank and they would go and we'd usher them down into the baptismal tank and they'd walk into the baptismal tank and we'd say, okay, you, you, you believe in Jesus Christ? Yes, we do. And you're ready to take the next step of faith? Yes, I am. And we would say, okay. And then we would baptize them. And we would hold them under. And we would say, go and be with Jesus! It's terrible. I know it's terrible. <laughs> because we're not saved to go to heaven. We are saved, and then God has a purpose for us to fulfill. See, God's got something for us to do, and what is that purpose? What is that purpose of salvation? We're not saved to go to heaven. We are saved when we receive Jesus, He gives us a purpose. How many of you know that the church is not meant to be a holding tank for heaven-bound Christians? How many know that God wants to work something in you? This be, it ought to be exciting to you. You're not just saved, so you can just kind of drift your way into heaven. But God has a purpose for you. And, church, we believe that He has called us to grow. He has called us to grow. I love how it says it in 2 Corinthians 5.18. It says, Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, it says, listen, he's reconciled us to himself. He's brought us into his family. He's, he's saved us. He's separated us to himself. And then he gave us a ministry of reconciliation. He reconciled us. And he gave us that ministry of reconciliation. What is the purpose of growth? Church, the purpose of growth is that Christ would be formed in us so that we can encourage others to be reconciled to God and see Christ formed in them. What is this purpose? It's that god would cause it i love it how it says it here at the beginning it it claims here in galatians 4 6 it says i labor in birth again until christ is formed in you come on church this is implying that it's possible for us to become more like jesus this is implying that we don't need to stay how we are right now but that christ can be formed in you and church, that's what we're pursuing. That's what we're after, is to see Christ formed in us. We know that healthy things grow. This cause of Christ being formed in us doesn't happen overnight, but it happens as we pursue Christ in everything in our lives. Healthy things grow. How we know that when a child is healthy, it grows? And boy, do I know that. Come on, I've got these memories of this little kid... Sitting on my chest every night, Josiah and I would have Josiah and Daddy cry time. 10 o'clock at night, on the dot, he would sit on my chest and he would cry. And I mean, he would like, <gasps> at me. And now, look at that kid, that good looking kid sitting in the back, who I'm embarrassing right now, is ducking behind the computer, <laughs> who's actually taller than his mom. Healthy kids grow. How many know that a marriage is healthy? Love grows. When a business is healthy, influence and profits grow. When a plant is healthy, certain types of plants will grow fruit or flowers. They grow. And you know what? Here's the thing about all these examples. None of them happen overnight. And it's the same way for us as we grow in Christ. If you look at yourself today in all honesty and you say, Matt, I don't see that in myself. I don't see Christ being formed in me. Church, I want to encourage you this morning, what we're talking about here is not necessarily an overnight transformation, although God can do that, but what we're really talking about here is a long obedience in the same direction. True Christ-likeness, oh, I love this one, this is Dallas Willard, true Christ-likeness comes at the point where it's hard not to respond as he would. I think oftentimes we think that this idea of Christ-likeness is that we have Christ formed in us means that we try really hard to be like Jesus. But really, what we're talking about here is that Christ is so formed in us that when somebody pokes us, the word of God comes out. When somebody offends us, we can't help but turn around and want to forgive and bring reconciliation. It's because Christ is being formed in us. Okay, here we go. Three things I want to talk to you about regarding that zoomed in first part, which is personal growth. Three areas to grow in, in our personal growth. And we're going to use a scripture from um, Peter, Second Peter 3.18 for this. And it says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. To him be the glory for both now and forever. Amen. So here's the first thing. We need to grow in grace. Everybody say grace. grace. You guys with me? We need to grow in grace. What is grace? My beautiful wife talked about this last night. One of the definitions that I love is this idea of the divine enabling of the Holy Spirit. It's the unmerited favor. Another great definition of this is getting what you don't deserve. So I use this example all the time. If you've heard it before, stay with me, okay? You get into, uh, you, you, you are speeding down the highway, and you are fine, and you know that you're going over the speed limit. And all of a sudden, you see the blue lights and red lights in the background. You hear a siren. We're good at hearing sirens right now because of what we went through this morning. And you hear the siren, you're like, oh no. And you pull your car over, you're like, yes, I know, I know, I know. The police officer comes to the window, looks at you, and says, do you know how fast you're going? You're like, yeah, I know, I was speeding. I'm so sorry. And he says, no, because you were honest and because you responded that way, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pull out a checkbook right now, and I'm going to write you a personal check for $1,000, and I'm going to hand it to you and say, thank you very much for being honest. Have a nice day. That's grace. It's getting what you don't deserve. It's getting what you don't deserve. So we need to grow in grace. Acts chapter 4 verse 33 says, and with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Come on, we need to grow in grace. How do we grow in grace? Well, in Romans chapter 5 verse 17, we get a little glimpse of it. It says, for the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it. Everybody say receive it. We'll live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. How do we grow in grace? We learn to receive it. We become aware of it. Now, even this idea of growing in grace almost seems like a paradox. In, in 2 Timothy 2.1, he says it this way, Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So this is not just forgiveness of sins but the power of Jesus working in you for today. And where Timothy says is, he says, listen, I want you to be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. The whole idea and concept of grace is that it's God working in you. It's God who is working through you. The Bible talks about this idea of Christ in you, the hope of glory, that he is being formed in you as you seek his face, as you pursue him. And so even when you look at this idea of being strong in the grace, it almost feels like you've got two sides to this. You've got like this, strong, I'm going to try Jesus, I'm going to do my very best. And grace, it's okay, God's got this. I can rely on him. And it's both. It's not either or. It's learning to rely on his grace, his divine enabling. It's learning to rely on receiving from him the things that we don't deserve. Out of this kind of rest comes growth. Hebrews 4.16, let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace so we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. James 4.6, but he gives more grace. Therefore he says, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Your pursuit and reliance on grace is an acknowledgement of your need of it. So let's just get really practical here. What does this actually look like? Okay, first of all, practically, it's an attitude that acknowledges that every good thing comes from him. That every good thing comes from him. Okay, I, I, again, an example that I've used before, but this is, this is true. The fact that I stand here today preaching the word of God is not God's endorsement of my righteousness, It's not saying, look how great Matt is. man." he needs to preach the word of God. It's not. It's a sign of his grace working in my life. The fact that you came to church this morning and you made a choice, I would say is a sign that God's grace is working in your life. He's working in you even now. He's giving you the desire to do his will. He's working in you and it's his grace that brings us there. Here's another practical thing is that we boast in him. Psalm 44 verse 8 says, In God we boast all day long and praise your name forever. Selah. But God forbid that I should boast. Galatians 6.14 Except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. In the book of James it says that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no shadow of turning. Church, we need to embrace grace. And here's what happens, is when you embrace grace for yourself, you can't help but be gracious to other people. You can't help but be gracious to each other. We receive his grace, and it allows us to be gracious towards other people. And we begin to reflect Jesus in a greater way. The first one is grow in grace. You guys with me? Number two. The second one is grow in knowledge. And when we talk about growing in knowledge, it's this idea of awareness. And when we talk about the idea of awareness, one of the terms you may hear is this idea of being having the fear of the Lord, which is a constant awareness of his presence. We grow in knowledge. 2 Peter 3.18 again, but grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. Jesus, uh, there's another example here of of this idea. And and this is about uh, knowing who God is. And how do we find out who God is? Well, we already have a, a value about that. And that is that we value the word of God. We will build our lives on his word. We will build our lives on his word. So how do we do this? Mark 4, 8 and 20 says this. But these are the ones, we'll just reading verse 20, but these are the ones sown on good ground. This is the word of God who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. And what happens? Some 30-fold, some 60-fold, and some 100-fold. Jesus said when the word landed on good ground, it would grow and it would multiply. So we grow in grace, acknowledging his presence, acknowledging that he's working in us, acknowledging that every good and perfect thing that we have comes from him. Lord, thank you for what you've given me. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for my beautiful wife. Thank you for this wonderful church. Thank you for lights. Thank you for uh, no fire alarms. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for wonderful food that we get to eat this afternoon. Thank you, Lord God. It's your grace that has given that to us. We recognize that. Thank you that today I'm righteous because you became sin that that I might become the righteousness of God in Christ. And then we grow in knowledge about that. We read the word. We understand the word. It gets inside of us and it becomes who we are that we know him, Philippians 3.10, that I may know him, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death. Here's the practical. It's the word of God, learned personally, and in community. And this is really important. We learn the word from from the Bible, and we also learn how the word applies to other people around us. That's the body of Christ. We are here as the body of Christ. We are pulling together in the same direction. I can't tell you how many times I'll have conversations with people, even just this week. um, There was a guy, another pastor in town that's that's a friend of mine, somebody that I really admire. And I called him up this week, and I made an appointment to have a conversation with him. And we just chatted back and forth about what God was doing. And then we just started encouraging each other with the word of God. And man, I left that conversation so edified. I want to encourage you to get into a small group. I want to encourage you to to gather with other believers and begin to share what God's doing in your heart because you don't know how that's going to influence other people and the influence of those other people is going to impact you. Amen? That's the practical. Okay, we got one more and then we're going to zoom out. The last one is this. Grow in glory. Now, even in saying that, some of you might be like, huh? Huh? Like, what are you talking about here? Here's the key to what I mean by growing in glory. Here it is. Glory means all glory belongs to him. All glory belongs to him. Now let me show you what this looks like. When we begin to grow in grace, we recognize his divine enabling working in our lives, helping us to do the things that he's called us to do, leading us and guiding us. He who began a good work in us will be faithful to complete it. And we see that and we're grateful and we walk in that every day. Oh God, thank you this morning that I get to serve you. Thank you that you called me back to yourself. Thank you that you're still calling me in. And then we get in the word of God and we get around other people that are believers and we start to grow in our knowledge of who he is and it just reinforces that idea that God's grace is working in us. Then we recognize that he gets all the glory. Amen? That our lives would reflect his glory So here's where we get to one of my favorite passages 2 Corinthians 3:17 and 18 But the Lord is spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of God are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the spirit of the Lord I'm going to read that again. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of God are being changed into his image, transformed into his image, from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. What are we talking about here? Let's get some context. Prior to this passage, Paul is talking about how uh, the group, the, the, the Israelites, had a veil, a a, a metaphorical veil over their face that was stopping them from being able to understand the Old Testament. In the beginning, he says this, when Moses would leave the presence of God, his face would shine so brightly that he would have to wear a veil over his face so he didn't scare people. He had this veil on his face. And then it says that when, this veil still remains when, when the, the, the Israelites read the Old Testament is they see it with a veiled face. They can't understand everything. But then he says this, but we all, through Jesus Christ, don't have that veil. And so we can see what the others before us could not see. Now practically, part of that is understanding the Word of God. There's a saying in, in interpretation of Scripture that the Old Testament is the new te- in the New Testament revealed and the New Testament is in the Old Testament concealed. So now we can read the Scriptures and what we can see for the first time because He's been revealed to us is Jesus on every page. We can see the image of Christ in the word of God. So here's what it says. But we all with unveiled faces beholding it in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Where do we see the glory of the Lord? We see it in the word of God. We catch a glimpse of his glory as we read about it in the word of God. The whole truth. And we read this word of God and it says like a mirror. Now what, what's a mirror? When you look in the Bible, do you see yourself there? And if you say, no, I, I don't see myself there. Well, if you read it every day and you start to live it every day and you let the grace of God override your works and you're trying so hard, you let that grace come in and fill you up and you get filled up with the knowledge of who God is, that it's just like that, that quote that I read earlier uh, from from. Um, Oh, let me find it here. Praise Jesus. Lord, help me to find this. True Christ-likeness comes at the point where it's hard not to respond as he would. As Christ is being formed in us. We look in here and we start to see ourselves more and more reflecting and lining up with the Word of God. And you know what the Bible says? We are being changed from glory to glory. Church, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. That idea of transformation is the word metamorphoso, a metamorpho in the Greek. And it, of course, is where we get our idea of metamorphosis, being changed and transformed. This is the work that we are allowing God to do in our hearts. We are growing closer and closer to Jesus so that we can reflect him better. You guys with me? The glory comes from God. Who gets the glory? All the glory to Him. Psalm 484, uh, 84 verse 10 says, For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will He withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in You. Glory comes from Jesus in John chapter 17, 22, and the glory which you gave me, I gave them, that they may be one just as we are one. Colossians one twenty seven, to God will to them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We need to go grow in grace. Come on, it's God who's working in me today. Man, I might have failed yesterday. Listen, the devil wants you to to sin so that he can call you a sinner. But we have the opportunity every time we sin to repent and turn back to Jesus. And if we confess our sins, the Bible says that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so today I stand here righteous before you, not because of what I've done, but because of the grace of God working in me. And because I'm desiring to know him, I'm being changed into his image from glory to glory. And church, that's the same story for you. And if you're feeling overwhelmed by that, if that's discouraging to you, again, I just want to encourage you, this is not an overnight transformation necessarily, but it is a long obedience in the same direction. Let's look at this practically. What does this look like? We reflect Christ in our relationships and we reflect Christ in our accomplishments. Have you ever seen the the football player at the end of the Super Bowl that gets up and the the, person's coming up to interview them and they're like, hey, what do you you attribute all this to? How did you you get to this place to winning the Super Bowl? And the the, the athlete steps up to the microphone, and well, I just got to say right now, I'm just going to give God all the glory. You ever seen that before? And you ever thought to yourself, like, really? Does God really care about these athletic comp- uh, accomplishments? Is that, is that what he's all about? And, and you could look at it that way, or you could look at it in this way. What he's doing, what that athlete is doing is what he's supposed to do and what he's designed to do, which is reflect the glory back to Jesus. He gets all the glory. Are you guys with me? So grow in grace, grow in knowledge. And grow in glory. Okay, now we're gonna zoom out and we're almost done. Here we go. The purpose of personal growth is not just for you, the result of personal growth in the kingdom is learning to be others focused. This transformation is actually also that you can love others well. I love that sound. All of this is about relationship, corporate growth. Okay, church, here's what it is. We are here to care for and bring people to Jesus. Number one, we grow best in community. Grow in community. This isn't about being a hermit, going and hiding somewhere in your room, and just like, really, I'm going to focus on myself here and build this up. There's a part of that, but ultimately, the way that God designed us in this, in this context is to grow in community. That's why we don't forsake the gathering of the saints. Ephesians 4:15 and 16 says, Instead we speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Healthy and growing and full of love. We grow personally because when we receive his grace, we can be more gracious towards other people. When we understand who Christ is in us, then we can love others without having to be insecure that we are loved. We grow so that we can serve others. That's what this is all about. That's what the kingdom is all about. The next part is the purpose of, of growth is healthy relationships. That's why we need to grow. First Corinthians 8, 1 Corinthians 8.1 Now regarding the question about food that's been offering to idols, yes, we know we all have knowledge about this issue, but while knowledge makes us feel important... It's love that strengthens the church. How about Matthew 22, verse 37? And Jesus said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. We grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, and he gets all the glory. Why? So that we can love others well. And we can grow in healthy relationships. And then the last one is this. The purpose of growth is to help others to grow. He's reconciled us to himself and given us a ministry of reconciliation. So now we get to go and show the same grace and the same forgiveness and the same mercy that he's shown us to the world around us in everything that we do scriptures here are Romans 1 14, for we have this great sense of obligation to people in both the civilized world and the rest of the world to the educated and the uneducated alike Hebrews ten twenty three and 25 says let us hold together without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do but encourage one another especially now that the day of his returning is drawing near the purpose of growth church is not about you It's actually about everybody around you to help others, to pull others up, to encourage everybody else. So here's my conclusion. My conclusion is this. We value growth. And we believe that healthy things grow. And may Christ be formed in us that we can encourage others to be reconciled to God and see Christ formed in them. How do we respond to this this morning? How do we respond to this this morning? Babe, can you come up? We're going to close in just a few moments. Um... course we had a curveball thrown at us earlier here today but are you guys okay just to hang out for just a few more moments we good just a few more moments okay then what I'm going to do is is we're just going to close like this Um, first of all how can we respond the first thing we can do is we can invite Christ to come and be formed in us And I don't know, we always want to give opportunity for this. So if you're watching online today, or if you're here in the building, and first of all, maybe you've never done this. Maybe you've never invited Christ to come and be formed in you. The Bible says that we are separated from God by something called sin. But it's not just you, it's me too. Because the Bible says that all of sin and fallen short of his glory All have sinned and fallen short of his glory. It says that the wages of sin is death, which is separation from God. But the free gift of God in Christ Jesus is salvation through him. And so if you've never invited Christ to be formed in you, you can do it right now. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Now is the appointed time. And all you need to do is I'm going to pray a prayer in just a moment and you can pray this prayer with me and with us here as a church body. And I believe that you can be transformed today and you can begin your journey towards Jesus. Maybe you're in this room as well and you need to do that and you can pray that with me. Or maybe you just need to recommit this in your own heart. So now's a good time to pray that prayer again. So I'm going to pray. I'd like you just, in your heart, to repeat after me. And actually, church, just as an act of faith, let's just all do it verbally here in the, in the building. And maybe you're getting to to recommit today, or maybe it's your first time. And I'd like you to comment or send an email to office at lifechurchwr.com if this is your first time receiving Jesus into your heart. And we'd love to to respond to you and pray with you in person as well. Let's bow our heads, church. Let's pray. And repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I thank you for your sacrifice that has made a way for me to have a relationship with God. This morning, I turn From my sin, I repent and I admit that I can't do it on my own. And I invite you, Jesus, to come into my heart and make me a new person. I commit myself to letting you be formed in me. Change me, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, you've just prayed a prayer that can radically change your life. And if you're online and you're watching this right now, I want you to go ahead and just shoot an email out to office at lifechurchwr.com, and we will respond to you this week. One of the pastors will reach out to you, and we'd love to pray with you in person as well. If you're here in the room today and you prayed that prayer for the first time, we'd love to be able to pray with you as well at the end of the service. So the first thing is we can invite Christ to have be formed in us. The second is, um, the question is, are you in a space where you're able to encourage others to see Christ formed in them? That Christ would be formed in us, that we could see others have Christ formed in them. And this very practically is, are you, are you in a small group? We've opened up some small groups again. There's some opportunities for you to get involved in that. If you'd like to find out more about that, you can come speak to myself or Pastor Mike after the service. Coming to church gatherings on a Sunday morning or watching online is a way that we can, again, be together to encourage each other in the Lord. And finally, by getting, building relationships with people that are moving in the same direction, to edify each other in Christ and allow us to grow together in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. Church, to Him be the glory, both now and forever.